It's lights out and away we go. Hi everybody. Um, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for coming in. I just want to start this video off by saying this is probably not our best work. It's not very organized, it doesn't flow very nicely, and you could just tell that neither of us were really in it, and I could give you a billion excuses, but all in all, um, it's not something I would say that I was excited to work on. It's like 5 o'clock in the evening on Sunday now, after the Italian GP, so I would say I've been procrastinating doing this all week. But um, I'm just going to try my best. I'm going to pop in here and there. We're going to just keep it real. Um, I hope you stick around. And I hope that by the end of this video, you're laughing at least a little bit. Maybe you're laughing at us. That would be okay at this point. Um, not, I think, I wasn't even going to, I was considering not even posting this. But, you know, I feel like it's just, this is how 2020 is going. Who cares, you know? Who's really going to see this anyways? So, um, yeah. Lights out and away we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back for a fourth time. I would tell you a joke about four, but I don't have any. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Thank you for coming back. I'm Celeste. I'm Chris. And today we will be talking about spa. Spa in Belgium. Okay, so just right off the bat, um, this part of the video had, we'd filmed this three times. And it got worse every time, so I don't know why we just... It should have been a sign to just give up at this point. But, um, you know, usually I like for it to be like... I'm talking, and then it feels like a conversation, rather than my dad spitting out what he wants to say. So, um, if it seems like this is all scripted, it's because we had done this three times. So, in a way, it was scripted. That is in Belgium. It's been there a long time, since about World War one yep right around that time <laughs> right around that time um we're gonna talk about history okay i'm not saying i'm a history whiz because i'm not i'm not a history whiz but i did like history at one time in my life i liked history i can't say that much about math however speaking of numbers the first belgian grand prix was in 1925 probably right around the end of world war one Sure, you can put that into context if you want. I simply refuse to. Okay, so this whole World War One joke keeps being brought up because I was in advanced history for three years, and then I ended up getting college credit for it because, anyways. But yet I did not know when World War One started and ended, and my dad just thought that was so funny. Okay. I'm going to be a communication major, so don't even okay, ask me. Okay, so it's... Here. Three Americans have won at Spa. Do you have any guesses? They don't. Phil Hill. Phil Hill. Great name, by the way. Great American racer. Yeah. 1961. Dan Gurney, 1967. And who is the third? Mario, Mario Andretti, Andretti, who was an Italian born American. Became an American. Born in Italy. You just flipped that around on its head. No, he didn't. He was he was fine. However, I actually I think Mario Andretti is in many ways the greatest of all time because Mario he just has dominated in IndyCar. He's dominated. He's built a name in Formula One. Everything, everything. He's amazing. I don't know how he does it. He was born with superpowers. I listened to a really good. I think it was Formula One Beyond the Grid podcast about him. I'll put it right up here. 
So if you want to listen to it, you definitely should, because that was, um, I really like him. Um, can we talk about, okay, Max is from the Netherlands. Um, no, Max was born in Belgium, so no, he's not from the Netherlands. But did he grow up in Belgium? Because I read that somewhere. There will be a little clip of me explaining this later when I'm editing. Okay, yeah, sure enough. <laughs> no, um, Max was born in Belgium, but grew up in, uh, Belgium. But his mom is Dutch, I guess. Dutch is the Netherlands. If you're watching this and I'm wrong, it's not my fault. It's the American public schooling system. <laughs> because I really did try in school. Anyways, so, apparently he feels more Dutch. That's a direct quote from Wikipedia. So, um, whatever I was saying, just pretend I didn't say it. This is why I always get confused between the Netherlands and Belgium. It's because of Max. However, let's talk about, um, brand recognition. The color orange will always be associated with Max, and it will always be associated with Spa for me. So, anybody who makes orange things, what are some orange things? Um... Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Basketballs. Um, every time I see that, you can maybe sponsor Max for Verstappen, you know? Because that's just where my brain goes. That's my plea to anybody in marketing. Oh, just think if you had Reese's Peanut Butter Cups on the side of each wing. I'm actually allergic to peanuts, so... So it's when I admitted I have a peanut allergy, and by the way, it's very minor. I do not go into anaphylactic shock. I just get a rash. Um, this is the point when I should have just stopped it. Nothing good comes after you admit that you have a peanut allergy. And the fact that my dad's body language was, was just screaming, please stop doing this. Um, I ignored the red flags, like in many other situations in my life, and we pushed on. What else, Celeste? I'm dying to hear. Yeah, I'm dying too. Okay, anyways. Um, last week we made a deal where if mm -hmm. I read a whole article, I would get a treat. Um, so I'd like to accept the treat now because I did read a whole article from Auto Week magazine written by Jonathan Noble. If I'm saying your name wrong, I'm so sorry. I hate it when people say my name wrong. Okay, are you ready to hear it? Can I please demand all of your attention? Can you please pay attention to me now? Okay, first of all, you couldn't have gotten me anything real. I could have gone to the kitchen and gotten these. You went to the store twice in two days. Um, I recognize I totally sound like a brat here because that was like a very bratty thing to do. Uh, I should have just been thankful. I can't even have dairy is the problem. That makes my stomach hurt so bad. So why am I acting like that? We don't know. I apologize, sincerely. Now, I'm not trying to be, um, I just feel like reading is a big task for me, and it really took a lot out of me. But it's okay, I accept it, thank you. Okay, are you ready to hear this? Gunter Steiner says that all options are on the table for his team's driver's plans for 2021. They've committed to staying in Formula One past 2021, I believe, at least through 2021. And they're not ruling out swapping both drivers with rookies, perhaps? With anything. They're open to everything. And, um, Gene Haas, first of all, love the name Gene for a man. I think it also, uh, the name Gene makes me think of frogs. What? 
um, Gene Haas has some input here. So, I personally would like to make a plea. This is today's episode of segment, nope, this is today's segment of Celeste's Unqualified Racing Advice, okay? Celeste's Unqualified Racing Advice. Hey, Gene. Hey, Gunter. Also a great name. Um, you're an American team. I'm an American gal, right? Okay? Sign an American driver, okay? And let me tell you why. Once again, I'd like to just put it out there. I know nothing about anything. But I do have a good hunch. If you bring in an American driver, that's not only... First of all, it's good for PR because you're an American team with an American driver. How many more times do you have to say American? Okay? It's good. Good um, brand association. Second of all, it's good for sponsorships. You know how, many, how much money is in the, the United States? It doesn't seem like there would be a lot, but we've got some circulation happening. We do have a coin shortage, but that's not part of it. Okay? So that's good for sponsorships. Who could you bring in? Target? Costco? You ever heard of uh, Walmart? Anyways. Okay, so this is actually the first time in this video that I actually make a good point. And my point that I was trying to get across, but I don't think I developed my idea far enough, is that if you are a team and you have a certain nationality, say Haas is from America, and you sign a driver of the same nationality, I think that creates a narrative in the media, and it also creates, like, I just think it's good for business, like, the American driver on the American team. Think of, like, for Japan, for example, Takuma Sato and Honda, although Honda is not, like, the team, it's the engine or whatever, I don't know, but um, I just know that after he won the Indy 500 two weeks ago, he got so many more sponsorships, so I think if Haas is really feeling like they might go under... That would be a smart move. And, um, this is just personal, but I really need something. <laughs> Living in the United States has not been kind for the past four years, so please, Gene, please just give me something to be proud of. Give me Alexander Rossi. Please, please, please. Alex has proved he can race. He has proved it. He's won the Indy 500, okay? Now... I'll admit, maybe he didn't do the best in his five uh, race starts while he was in Formula One. However, now he's however many, four, five years older, and he's more experienced, and he has experience on not just um, street tracks, road courses, but ovals. Think about all that experience he can bring to your team, okay? And besides that, Alex isn't in a bit of a slump himself. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but maybe what he needs is a change of scenery, right? Okay, so just make it happen, dude. Just make it happen, you know? Uh, first of all, hate the way I keep saying okay. Like, just stop. I wish I could go back and, like, slap myself in the face because it's, it's so obnoxious. Um, the other thing is that Alexander Rossi has, like, come out and said, I won't come back to Formula One unless it's for Mercedes or Ferrari. Maybe that's changed now that Ferrari's like... Anyways, but I don't think that's ever going to happen, necessarily. I hope I'm jinxing it, and I hope he does come back. Just because, selfishly, that's like... <laughs> that'd be cool for me, which is so selfish. But, um, yeah, I don't think it'll ever happen, and I, 
And if Haas does sign a driver, I think it's better to give it to somebody new-ish or newer. And, you know, they have options out there, I think. <laughs> uh, one Yankee to another. First of all, hated the way I just said that. <laughs> but yeah, that's my thing. Just sign, please sign somebody American. Or maybe not. Find somebody. Um, okay. Speaking of me, <laughs> let's talk about McLaren. McLaren that's powered by Renault, of course. Okay, I have to explain the, that whole little segment there is because earlier he made some McLaren's powered by Honda. No, it's not. It's powered by Renault. So then there was a whole argument and he told me, hey, cut that out so I don't look dumb. Because apparently I'm the only one that's supposed to look dumb on this podcast, which is fine. It's only my whole future ahead. So that's cool. Do you have any thoughts about McLaren? Because I have many. I think McLaren has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And they've come a long way already. I, they yeah, but no what about Spa? I'm talking about Spa. Well, Tough luck. Yeah, and, and really, Spa is a pretty demanding environment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that race had to do with tire management. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to make the calls. If I can turn it to something that I thought was interesting afterwards when I noticed that, say, Raikkonen <laughs> had to have a debate with his engineers about whether to switch to mediums or hards on a pit stop. Okay, box, box. We go for hard. Uh, are you sure? I would do a medium. I'm not drastic to hard at all. Just tell you so good. Okay, we go for hard. Well, and Raikkonen has won multiple times at Spa. So what he knows his way around. They ended up telling him it's too late. You're getting the hearts. He wanted the mediums. Okay, well, and we've been talking about this a lot on this podcast about drivers um, have lending their expertise to their engineers. Uh, Kimi is one that I would trust because Kimi's been around the block a couple of times. Yeah. And he's also, um, at least in the last race from what I heard, he was very, like pretty respectful. Yeah, as Kimi goes. But my point bringing that up is, is that spot, there was a lot of strategy and layered into that, was guys like Gasly mm-hmm. driving his heart out. Yeah. Passing wheel to wheel into Eau Rouge. With who? Sergio Perez. Thank Sergio. God. Yeah. What are you doing, Checo? Yeah. Good? So I guess what I'm trying to get at is Spa is a pretty demanding situation, not just for the drivers, but for the engineers, the strategists, everybody. How does that connect to McLaren? Because I felt I felt like, well, let's think of my bias. I love Lando, but I thought he did well, he didn't qualify like seventh, and he finished seventh. But there were some good battles. He he was very consistent. I guess is the only thing I should say because I don't remember much. And well, and he brought home some more points for the team. Yeah, which is something that unfortunately Carlos couldn't do because of circumstances out of his control. So 
Carlos has had a uh, not so great year. Things are not looking great for Carlos, okay? Because, um, <laughs> who did he sign with? Yeah, speaking of not looking great, he signed with Ferrari, and they did show a little reaction for him. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in. If I can find it, I'll put it in, because that was funny. Carlos Sainz shaking his head for two reasons, I think. A, he's looking at the performance of the car he's going to be sitting in next year. But, okay, so we were talking about Alexander Rossi earlier. He also has not been having a good season. Um, I'm just so sorry. It is so hard to be an Alexander Rossi fan because your heart just breaks for him. He still has a good attitude, but come on. But Carlos and Alex both have bad seasons. I did a little comparison. Guess who did their research? All through Wikipedia. Okay, Carlos. Out of seven races total, he's finished six of them, which is good. He had one DNF. Wait, it's technically a do not start since his car didn't make to the grid. DNS. Yeah. He finished in the points four times, which is not great out of seven, but what can you do? And his best finish was fifth. Which is, I guess that's okay. I think that's pretty average for McLaren. Alex, on the other hand, out of nine races, he finished six of them. And in IndyCar, they say um, it's not DNF, it's race or racing at the finish. So if your car is still running. So three times his car was not running at the finish. Once, one of them was this weekend and then last weekend and then there was another weekend this weekend was just crazy he got in the top 10 three times indycar you pretty much get points just for finishing everybody gets points in indycar it's just a matter of how many so you know you look at the top 10 and he finished in the top 10 three times out of seven races and his best finish was third now the future let's just manifest right now um, we're going to speak our intentions, okay? Alexander Rossi's season will turn around. Carlos Sainz's season will turn around, okay? Do you have any intentions you want to put out there? Kimi will score points. You're off topic. Now we're going to say it as if it already happened, and we're just going to do this for 30 seconds just so we can be grateful. Oh, my God, it feels so good that Alexander Rossi is back up in the points. You know, it just feels so good that he's he's won some races, now that it's the end of the season, looking back, I'm just so glad Alex has run some, has won some races and he's scored some points. Um, oh, same thing with Carlos. Now that it, we're at the end of the Formula One season, uh, I'm, it just feels so good that he's uh, become so successful after not a good start. And a good way for him to finish off the season before he has to go to that underpowered team. Yes. So there we go. Um, now there's a pr official proof that if any either of those things happen, and they will, we pretty much made it happen. So they can just sign us a check. Send it to one eight hundred. Celeste. Celeste needs money. <laughs> I just want to finish college. Okay. Something I have appreciated by for about <laughs> McLaren is their onboards. Every race McLaren has an onboard. Not just in Formula One, but also in IndyCar, which is just so fun. But something different about this race, and maybe I'm just not paying attention, but this is the first time I've ever seen a safety car on board. And you know why that was fun for me? 
It's like when you go to the aquarium and you stand there and you stare at all those fishy in there. It's like being watching inside an aquarium. What are those safety car drivers doing? I feel like I could do that job. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. But I don't really know who gets that job, so we're at technical talk. The question of the week is, who drives the safety car in Formula One? Well, what's amazing to me when I looked up who drives the safety car? It's the same professional that's been driving it for years. Every race he drives the safety car? Unless he's sick or in the hospital. Wait, and so there's no way I can have this job unless this guy dies. Don't speak that into the universe ever. Why? Why? Well, he does admit that one of these days he will retire. How old is he? I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's been doing it for quite some time. Well, who is it? I'm on the edge of my seat. His name is Bernd Maylander. And there's a very interesting article that I read briefly on autosport.com. We're just auto everything. And the thing that I loved about it was he explains what his whole weekend's like. Okay, and so how tell me. he Well, like, he also has to drive the safety car for Formula 2, Formula 3, any other thing that's going on, he's there for the whole weekend. He's got job security. He has to dial in his awareness of the track conditions because from Thursday to Sunday, things can change. Mm -hmm. The weather can change. So he has to be... On top of it all the time. Vigilant. Yes. He also has that partner in the passenger seat yeah. because he admits two heads are better than one. Always. Two sets of eyes are better. So that the passenger, just like if you're driving down the road, sometimes the passenger goes, hey, did you see that? That's what the passenger is all about in the safety car. Right. So he has a lot of responsibilities. He also... What I found out is, is that he has been doing it for 21 years. He also, if he is out, they take the driver of the um, first aid car and put them into the safety car because they know the driver oh. of the first aid car is right up with them as far as experience on the tracks. But then who replaces the first aid car? Then they take a reserve F1 driver to <gasps> drive the first aid car. So you're saying Stoffel Van Dorn might be driving around. Maybe, maybe. But let's hope that these guys are all fine because yes. they know their jobs and they do them well. You know that the safety car follows the grid. When they say lights out and away we go, safety car follows for the entire first lap well, because of the chance of an accident when all those cars are near each other. As seen in IndyCar. So pretty vital um, job that he has. And... He also gets along with the other drivers. Like, he isn't just some guy that goes back and sits in some trailer. He, he interacts. He interacts with the drivers and probably gets a little bit of, you know, last weekend you could have gone a little faster or something. Who Lewis. knows? Who knows? No, no. I mean, they tell <laughs> Burned to drive the safety car faster oh, or, oh. or something. Who knows what but they talk about. But did he used to race? How did he get that job? Uh... So Burns started like many racing drivers as a 
karting, Formula Fords, but he ended up in the German touring cars, DTMs, driving for Let Mercedes. Me yeah. Let me guess. <laughs> yes. And if you think about this interesting little thing, he has led more laps than any other driver in Formula One. Just driving a safety car, but he was leading. You think? You really think that? Yeah. Because he's led all those laps. I think I might have to do some calculations at this point. I absolutely will not be doing any calculations. After all of the crap that I put myself through just being this annoying for this whole video, why would I expect myself to do math on top of that? It's beyond me. He's led all the laps under safety car, not just... Yeah, but think about how many laps Lewis has led. Lewis led every single lap last week. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I'm going to look into that. Okay. I'm going I'm to do some investigating. The other thing, part of his responsibility is judging track conditions when it, as they say in England, it's bucketing down. When it's right. raining so hard that it's like time to red flag this thing. They're going to take input from him because he's out there on the track. So what you're saying is it's not as easy as it looks on TV. As it's, many it's things. It's not just about going out there and driving fast in a Mercedes. So I couldn't, well, we all know. How fast do I, I drive? I think 82 <laughs> miles an hour is not fast enough. But again, you could be the... The spotter. The spotter, the shotgun driver. Because, you know, that's always like a thing that I'm like, you know what? That might be the way. You have always been very observant. When yeah. We, when we lose stuff, you're the one who finds it. Yeah. I'm getting... My back hurts so bad from carrying all of the responsibilities of this family. Four of us. And I'm just... You wonder why I have lower back pain. This is why. Okay. Thank you for that. That was informative, as always. Um, well, okay. I we This has happened time and time and again. Um, Valtteri Botas is to Mercedes as Alex Albon is to Red Bull. And it kind of feels like no Tino shade, but Toto Wolff and Christian Horner, I think it's so obvious that you treat one driver like the priority and the other driver like the lab rat. Um, and then, oh, I was so bummed. Remember when uh, Charles, nope. Lando must have gotten a blue flag because his engineer came on and said, hey, dude, you got a warning. And Lando said, I don't care. Oh, okay. Lando, on the previous lap, we got a warning. Yeah, I don't care about the... Okay. Turn I don't care about the guys behind. All right. I just think it's hilarious. Anyways, the best, the best part of Team Radio this week was a classic, a repeat a sequel of Kimi, I don't have the drink. What yeah. happened? He said, my foot's getting wet. Yeah. You need to add that in there. I will. Yes. I have a lot of water on my right foot from the company. I don't know if that drink is really Yeah, we agree. It's probably the drink. Nothing we can do for now. Okay, so this is where it really all starts to go wrong. Well, the whole video really has been that way, but this is where I really started to lose it. I was going to do this whole segment, 
about, um, oh, comparing drivers to my favorite LaCroix drink. It was so stupid. I regret doing it. I'm going to cut the whole thing out. So if you're wondering why there's a weird segue here, I just couldn't handle it. I'm too embarrassed by this freaking thing already. Now let's go into life lessons by Lewis, life lessons for Lewis, life lessons by Lewis. Life lessons that Lewis needs to learn. Hey Lewis, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Today, your um, life lesson is this. Dude, read the freaking room. I don't wanna hear you complain about how it was a boring race because frankly, you're the one that makes it boring. All you do is win, okay? And I'm just tired of it. Do something exciting, lock up your brakes. He did make a mistake in this race, but it wasn't a big enough mistake. Okay, so the next time you're like, oh, P1 again, I led every lap and I had everything go flawlessly. Don't say you had a boring race, okay? You're just, I'm just, you bore me. I, I have to throw in though, not really in his defense, but in realistic, sometimes he will say that was a hard race or I worked hard today. Or But to me, that is the same thing. You worked hard, but you still got P1 with a large margin, okay? If you really want to work hard, spin your car around in a circle and then keep driving. That would impress me. Let's finish this off. Guess what's next? I can't guess. Yeah, that was a good reaction. Monza! Oh, you mean you what race guess. is next? <laughs> I thought this would be your favorite. You always love talking about how you're Italian-American. Monza, another horsepower heavy course so ferrari will not be forza ferrari this weekend is your it, prediction i i don't have much confidence i don't have much confidence in anything after this year well but seriously i i don't know if they can adjust their like it's all about the balance between downforce and drag mm-hmm if you dial out so much downforce that you don't have any grip in the slower corners, you're fighting that battle all the way through the, the lap. You don't qualify well there either. And if you don't qualify well at Monza, things do not go well usually. Because it's hard to overtake? And it's such a high speed track too. Like if you're back in the pack aerodynamically, you're fighting that too. So, really, I'm not getting hyped up for Monza at this point. But I will tell you something I'm excited to see, and I've talked about this in the past, is Williams has announced that they're, um, FV1, they're going to run another rookie off of their development team. I always love seeing that. I'm not going to watch it live because I have a life and a job. I don't have a job, but I do have a school that I attend full time. So I will not be watching it live. I'm going to take this whole part out because this is so stupid. But, um, like I said, they're testing a rookie. And I just think uh, it's good for the sport. And in that way, say what you will about Williams, but I think Williams is the team of the future. And I wouldn't mind working for them because they also have the best social media on the whole grid. I said what I said and I'll stand by it. But I really don't want to because I'm tired and I don't like standing. Well, I I would really like to see Daniel Ricciardo at least on the podium there. You think? Well, what are the odds? 
think that he showed well at Spa. Fastest lap. Yeah. So there's some power in there. That car's improved recently. And they probably hit on the right balance between drag and downforce. I'm glad you weren't expecting me to answer that because, no. frankly, <laughs> I'm a little out of it at the moment. I say anybody but freaking Mercedes, you know? Is anybody, is anybody up there, wherever, maybe you're around, I don't care what you believe in, just pray or think or manifest that anybody will win besides Mercedes because I'm so tired of watching the freaking... Or, or, you know, they're taking away the party mode. Oh, I'm yeah, not, they don't I'm have engine mode. I'm not quite sure how they're going to enforce that. How do, they, how do they monitor that closely? Maybe that's your technical talk next week. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. you'll figure it out. Um, but without the party mode, I still predict that Mercedes will be at least not, maybe not both members of the front row, but one of those cars will be on the front row. Well, we'll see. Let's finish this out with, um, you are such a proud Italian-American. And can I just, just for, like, let's just be transparent here. What percent Italian are you? 50 it's at me. most, okay? So, <laughs> you know, it's not like you were born and bred in New Jersey. Thank God. No offense. New Jersey is a great state. I'm sure. I was born in New York. Until you were two. Yeah, I know. And then you came to the yuppiest town in California before it was even yuppie. You were an well, OG yuppie. San Jose, almost Cupertino, almost Saratoga. But it was San Jose. Anyways, we'll just cover where I'm from because that's not yuppie at all. But are you excited for an Italian doubleheader? Yes. And... Maybe Ferrari's got something up their sleeve that will surprise us all. Maybe Kimi will get some points. Uh-huh. Maybe Kimi will get his drink. Maybe Kimi will do anything. Kimi, maybe Kimi will do a cartwheel. That would be exciting. I've never seen Kimi do a cartwheel. I have to say, IndyCar's been doing a lot of doubleheaders where it's like two weekend or two... IndyCar does Saturday, Sunday doubleheaders instead of weekend doubleheaders, although they've done that because of COVID, too. But it's been, like, sometimes I get tired of seeing them turn left like Gateway was. But I like that they have two races in the country, but at two different tracks. Also, is it Mugello? Mugello. Say that louder since you want to be Italian so that. Mugello. Okay. Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry this has been a ride, but hopefully it's been entertaining. Hopefully what you've done is watched it. Um, empath em em with empathy. Yep. You've watched it with empathy and you've said, wow, these guys, they're just normal people because truly. We're unqualified. Yep. And thank you for joining us and see you next week. Okay, bye. You made it. <laughs> so did I, because for a while there, I really just wanted to give up and forget that I even did this, because it was not easy to watch this over again, but I hope you found, got something out of it. Um, it's been kind of a hard time to live in the state that we're from. It's hard to live in California right now because it's wildfire season and it's like 
half the state is burning and we also live in a forest and there's a heat wave so I think that like the threat of a fire has been a little stressful and on top of that uh, my dad went back to work I went back to school so it's been a lot but um I always said you know when this stops being fun we won't do it anymore and after watching Monza today it was like heavens opened and down came my love for formula one again so hopefully our next video will be more exciting for you and thank you for sticking around